0: Today, a simplified explanation of Medicare and Medicaid and the most common mistakes people often make. This is the Seven Figures Podcast, smart money strategies for women with Sandy Waters. Elder law attorney at Harris Beach, Lisa Powers, is here again. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm great, Sandy. We appreciate you so much for coming in every month. So today, we're going to just focus on Medicaid and Medicare. Right. And for a lot of you, you're like, oh, gosh, that is so in the future. But to at least have a basic understanding.
1: Right. And understanding that they really are two separate programs. While they sound very similar and they're both run by the federal government, in fact, they're run by the same agency, they're two very different programs. So Medicaid, you have to financially qualify for Not everyone is entitled to Medicaid. Versus Medicare... If you look at your pay stub for everyone who's still working, you see that you're contributing to Medicare every pay period. It's coming right out of your wages. So then at retirement, or if you become disabled before you retire, you can qualify for Medicare, and you don't have to pay for Medicare Part A. So. Medicare has all different parts to it. So you hear part A,
0: part B. You hear why do about they it. do it that way? That is so confusing. Just to confuse all of us, right? <laughs> I they know. They really do. Why don't they call it <laughs> Medicare hospital? <laughs> Medicare prescription. You no, know, they got to come there. up with these letters. I know. My dad showed me the book because I was talking to him how you were going to oh, come yeah. in. He, he goes, okay, you want to know about Medicare here? And he slams this book down. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That book is huge. Right. Which is why... Yes, it's nice
1: that that gets sent out to people who are qualifying for Medicare and who have it, but that's why I think anyone who is going through this owes it to themselves to actually use one of the services that's available to really look at your personal options and make the best choice. Because other than Medicare Part A, which is going to be the same across the board, and Medicare Part B for most folks, if you're trying to get a supplemental policy that mm-hmm. picks up things that Medicare A and B don't cover, um, or if you're looking at Medicare Advantage plans, which the easiest way to think about those is to consider them an HMO. So it's wrapping everything in. Are there and it a depends lot of options? And yes. the, is
0: that what's confusing? Yes,
1: and it depends on the insurance companies in your area. So, for example, I brought a printout um, you know, here in our neck of the woods, and, and it goes just... It, they do go a little bit beyond Monroe County and just some, some of the surrounding regions but we have lifespan here in Rochester. So for anybody who's local to the Rochester market um, it's lifespan rochorg they actually have a plan comparison chart that you can download. So this is just for our area oh my and God, it's look at that chart pages of different wow. plans and how the different benefits rank inside those plans and what your premium is.
0: Is there someone out there that we can reach out to who's well-versed in this that, you know, is working for us, not necessarily? (laughs) Right. So you will notice, and there are all kinds of
1: ads, and, you know, it's helpful. The different insurance companies put on educational presentations. There are financial advisors who've taken the time to really get educated Mm -hmm. in terms of Medicare benefits. And they'll do some public work, but they're typically helping their private clients, make these choices, I always end up sending folks locally to Lifespan because not only do they have classes, but
0: they do one-on-one consultations to help
1: you pick. Yes.
0: And those are people that are really, truly, they're experts in this and they're working for your benefit. Right. Because
1: Lifespan used to run the local office for the aging high cap program, all these acronyms, right, Um, that educated people on Medicare. And now that's just completely um, being done in-house. So they have that option, and you can call the main number. You can get a ton of information just on their website. But you know, with open enrollment ending December seventh, people are really crunched right now. If they this is crunch time, right? Yeah. And once you elect, you know, you you sign up during open enrollment right now. Much like most of us, if you're with an employer, you've got your employer open enrollment period right now. You make your election now, and it's effective January first, and mm-hmm. then that's going to carry you through 2020. And that locks you in. It essentially locks you in. So no. if you've already made your choice and now you're starting to second guess yourself, you should go take one of the free classes, you know, in 2020. Or you still obviously have a little bit of time if you want to call and talk to someone one on one.
0: Now, working with Lifespan on yep. the one to one, is that a is there a fee to that or how? No. Like, oh, really? Lifespan, yeah. So, okay, that's so good course, to know. I guess
1: my pitch there would be, yeah, they do so many things. at, at It's either a free price point or a very low cost. Um, okay. So, you know, as a not-for-profit, they're always happy to take donations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are the big mistakes that people make? So what we weren't talking about were some of the supplemental plans that you can get through your employer, right? General rule of thumb is if you have retiree health coverage – You'll have your Medicare Part A, which is your hospitalization. You know, you you elect into that as you're retiring. And we've paid into that, again, from the payroll taxes. So, okay. so you get that, but then you use your employer plan to really take care of all of the other things. You've got to look at the cost of that, though, because that's an easy area for companies to cut back on. It's very expensive, as we all know, to cover medical insurance. So... Retirees will often find it's either being cut or their premiums that used to be incredibly affordable. You know, they were used to paying almost nothing on a monthly or quarterly mm-hmm. basis. Now, suddenly, they're seeing bills that are pretty significant, you know, hundreds to thousands of dollars. I've seen people come in where they're paying, you know, $800 a month or more per spouse, right? Right. So you owe it to yourself to really look into what other options are out there. Maybe you're at a point where it's worth dropping that employer coverage and just buying a separate standalone supplemental plan that's out there that's offered through the insurance companies where it hasn't been negotiated through your employer.
0: When you take on Medicare, Mm -hmm. is that a certain age that you can start utilizing it or after you stop working? Typically, it's at
1: 65. There are special rules if you're still working. If you're still working, your employer plan is primary. And then once you retire, it flips and Medicare becomes okay. primary. And then you have the supplemental. That's the easiest way to explain
0: it. Okay. Now, let's go easy and basic. Let's just give definitions here. Sure. When you say Medicare Part A, that yeah. means? That's typically what we all think of
1: as hospitalization. And I wanted to make sure that I gave everyone. Um, <laughs> this is where the government's actually helpful. Medicare.gov. Okay. All right, easy website to remember, medicare.gov, right? Cuz it's run by the government. They have all kinds of useful information and even within what's produced on the pages there will be um links that if you click on it, it'll pop up in a little box with additional information to give you the explanation of the okay. defined terms. Okay, that's cuz it know. is. It's 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 so voluminous and there's so much detail that goes into play. But what most people are thinking about Medicare Part A, it covers a lot but then it's also really limited. And so, what I mean by that is, most people are using part A for hospitalization. So,
0: as you're aging, if something happens, right, that's what's really going to
1: pick up the bulk of your hospital stays.
0: But where it doesn't people cover get 100%, though, it's a portion of? Most of your hospital stay is going to be picked up. You still, oh, but okay. you have a deductible. And oh, that's sure. part
1: of why people will often get a supplemental policy because then that'll wrap in and cover that deductible where you're not actually writing the check. Okay, okay. Um, But where it gets confusing is Medicare Part A does have a nursing home benefit, but it's limited. So people get confused because they hear all the time that if you have Medicare, Medicare is going to cover your first 100 days at the nursing home, and that's not the case. Mm -hmm. It will cover some Sometimes all, depending on the days of stay and the required level of care that you're getting. So just to reiterate that, what Medicare says it will cover is up to 100 days, days 1 through 20 if you're getting skilled care after a qualifying hospital stay. So if I break it down, the qualifying hospital stay is a three-night inpatient. That's the key, and I know we've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. Very often if someone goes to the hospital, they will keep you because they don't think it's safe to discharge you, and they're still trying to determine what's wrong, run additional tests, but they're not actually admitting you as a patient. They'll keep you in what's called observation status. So you've got to make sure you know. So you've got to okay. make sure you've been admitted as an inpatient. And typically, they're going to put you up in a room on a different floor, not down in the ED or, you know, off to the side. But... That's what gets confusing because if a family member calls and says to the social worker, I'm trying to find out if mom's admitted, they'll say, oh, yes, she's been admitted. No. What you need to specify is, has she been admitted as an inpatient? Okay. Right? Because I've, I've run into this before, specifically in that situation where I was going back and forth with the social worker saying, inpatient or observation? Admitted. I'm like, you're not giving me an
0: answer. <laughs> right?
1: I need... I need to know. <laughs> um, right. Because if you don't have that three nights as an inpatient, they can still discharge you for care to the nursing home. But Medicare's not going to cover, gonna cover your okay. room and board if you haven't had those prior three nights. OK. That's then- where it's a kind of it's a difficult distinction because, of course, if you're dealing with a loved one who's been hospitalized and is now looking at being discharged to the nursing home, it's chaos already. You're worried about their Safety, you're worried Mm -hmm. what's going to happen to them. And now you're trying to deal with the finances on the back end. So what will happen in that situation, if you don't have that three-night qualifying stay, they may still go to the nursing home. Medicare may cover the actual therapy that they're getting. So if they're getting PT, OT, um, speech therapy. Medicare can be billed for those specific pieces, but you're going to be private pay on the room and board from day one. You know, which around here can easily be upwards of four hundred dollars a day. And in most cases is, you know. So it's very confusing. Then when we talk about the the coverage that is offered, so now we go back and say, Okay, you've had the three night hospital stay, if you're discharged with an order for care, you can get up to twenty days covered in full. So that is great. But if you're not at a point where you can be discharged home after twenty days and you need to stay, then there's a copay. So for 2020, that's going to go up to $176 a day, which I know still makes a lot of people go, oh.
0: but compared to the full
1: private pay price, that's a really good deal.
0: Okay. All right. So that's all under Medicare that's Part all Medicare. A. Right. So now what's Medicare Part B? Medicare
1: Part B is more of what you would think of as your traditional um, health care services, so preventive screenings, um, diagnostic testing, uh, doctor's visits.
0: And that's all that- covered in full or a copay as well? B
1: is typically... Once you opt in, that's going to cover most things. But B doesn't cover your drugs,
0: no. Oh, so okay.
1: that's why you end up with all these different pieces.
0: Okay, right? and is that where we go into the supplemental and then you get into
1: the Part D? Oh, Part D. Right? So you can a you D. can have a supplemental policy that wraps in a drug benefit, or you've got your Part D that you just buy separately that's for prescriptions. What and then to C, a C is the Medicare Advantage plans. <laughs> And so that's that HMO that kind of wraps everything in, right? (laughs) And this is why I do not pretend to be an expert in Medicare. But, you know, this is what you're dealing with as you're going into your golden years.
0: And this is what's tricky, that you can't even give us a black and white, here's what you need to do. Do this, do this, do this, because everybody is so different. And it's very um, fine-tuned to each individual situation. But what I will say is you owe it to yourself when you're First, signing up for
1: Medicare to make sure you know what your options are, because some people get themselves in trouble where they don't take Part B when they're first eligible for it, and if you don't, you end up paying a penalty down the road by not. How do you not take Part B? You can choose not to because you still have other coverage. You can say I don't want it. You can neglect to do. It. I mean, there are, there are situations that come up, so you just owe it to yourself to make sure you sit down with someone who is knowledgeable, like Lifespan. When you're first signing up and then it's a good idea to, you know, fine tune as you go forward because a big piece of this too is depending on what you're electing, whether it's an advantage plan or you're pulling something together with supplemental plans, you want to know, you know, what are you dealing with in terms of medical needs? Are there regular prescriptions that you're taking, Mm -hmm. you know, because the drug formularies change on an annual basis. You, you want to see where can you get the most bang for your buck. And I know you're always after a deal. So, yeah.
0: you know, to the extent we can help. Uh, and when you're retired, you should right. be as well. Right. Every dollar counts. Absolutely. Aren't there individuals, and I feel like you said this before in a previous podcast, there's mm-hmm. individuals that are working for you. They're not working for the insurance company. Right. In right. addition to Lifespan, there's another yep. representative you can work with.
1: There are lots of community service organizations that will help. Obviously, I've, I have an affiliation with Lifespan, so they're, they're my primary go-to. Um, and then you have independent insurance agents who can write for anyone. And so their role is to educate you because, obviously, they're going to get a commission regardless of where they sign you up.
0: By the insurance they company. They get paid
1: by the insurance company. You don't pay them.
0: So right. okay, so I think that's what you brought up in in a previous podcast episode. Those agents, yep. those independent agents that will right. work for you. They'll make the phone right. calls if you are debating a bill or right. whatnot, and then you don't have to pay them. Right, they get you paid don't pay by, them. They, okay, they get
1: paid on the back end by the insurance company, regardless of which plan you're enrolling in.
0: So when we talk about Medicaid and Medicare, mm-hmm. what other things have you seen in your history of working? With elder law. So
1: the the biggest issue, I think, is the confusion between Medicare and Medicaid. You know, So we talked about Medicare covers a lot of the basics, but as soon as you enter into that territory where you're going to need any kind of extended care, whether it's at home or in the nursing home, Medicare covers precious little. Mm. There is a home care benefit, but it's quite limited, and you really have to fight to get it. I don't want this to come off as... Um, I don't mean it as a negative reflection on the physicians. I don't know that the physicians necessarily are aware what can be written and covered by Medicare for home care services. So maybe there's a gap there in terms of educating them, right? But they're just so swamped with all of their regular requirements sure. that they sure. have to meet that I, I didn't want it to be um, treated as a negative towards them. But So that's where that distinction comes in. And I think families are exploring Medicaid options, sadly, too late. You know, a lot of times they're not calling to find out what their options are until they've already spent a lot of time, money, energy, and heartache trying to cobble something together. And it's a poverty standard. Medicaid wants to be the payer of last resort. They want Medicare to come first if you're a senior, then any supplemental policy, and then they're going to step in. But for most people, if you need in a nursing home skilled nursing facility that's where they find themselves because you know at $14,000, fifteen thousand dollars a month even with you know some decent personal savings you're going to run through that fairly quickly yeah you know and if there's a spouse in the community where does that leave them if you just keep private paying it always breaks my heart when people come in when say there's only you know twenty to thirty thousand dollars left and they started with, you know, $500,000 or more. And we probably could have saved a lot of that for the community spouse had they just engaged an elder law attorney and explored their options. But, you know, frankly, people think that
0: it's going to be too expensive to hire an attorney. Okay, so you utilize your resources, Lifespan, and mm-hmm. working with Lisa Powers, <laughs> <laughs> working with an elder law an elder law attorney. But yes, thank you. I would love it. if want to call I think me. I do that every you time. Do. You do, and then I feel guilty. <laughs> she always gives me this look, like, "Oh God, how uncomfortable." Um, <laughs> well, we trust yes. you. Well, thank you. Because I appreciate that. that. That's with the. But I, I will give a plug. Lifespan keeps
1: a list of elder law attorneys. You know who who they have received good comments um, from clients in the community. So that's a good resource for non, or I should say unbiased yeah. information. But well, yes, of is, course,
0: call me first. It is, it is <laughs> Go tough. there if I, I can't mean, get you in. <laughs> and when we see our parents getting older, that's what right. we worry about, Right. 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 Who's going to scam mom and dad? Who's really taking care of them? Are they working with the right people who right. have their best interest? Oh, sure. We, all, we all kind of give this side. Eye, like, Wait a minute. Who is this person and where did they come from? Right. Well, and
1: it's like anything else, right? If you're hiring a contractor for your house, sure. ask for referrals. Right. And and that's how most of us who are professionals actually gain our customers or our clients. Most of my clients come from other clients and their family members.
0: You know. Okay. Is there anything that we... Didn't touch on that you wanted to make sure you got out there.
1: Um, Just a good reminder that open enrollment does end on December 7th. Um, Oh, and I wanted to give you a couple uh, websites. I know we talked about Medicare.gov. I mentioned Lifespan. Their website is lifespan-roch.org. And then for anybody who's kind of an information geek, uh, Kaiser Family Foundation has amazing information about Medicare uh, and other information relative to aging And their website is, and it's all caps, KFF.org for Kaiser Family Foundation. So KFF.org. And they have all kinds of information and they have a really good overview of Medicare that is, I printed it out to bring it in with me for you, 13 pages. So (laughs) you can see we tried to hit high points. But yes, do yourself a favor, uh, educate yourself, and then... Obviously, understand that when we're talking about long-term care or um, a chronic condition where you want care to happen at home,
0: you really need to talk about using Medicaid and qualifying for it. Okay. Okay. Well, on that note, happy holidays to you. You too. (laughs) Hey, we have options, Sandy, right? This is not doom and gloom. Yes, we could talk about this during the holidays. And that I think you said the last time you were in, Use the holidays as a time to talk to mom and dad about this kind of stuff. Oh, you just gave me the
1: perfect ending, didn't you, Sandy?
0: Yes. Withhold dessert until you talk about your end-of-life wishes. (laughs) Have the bitter and then the sweet. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sandy. Next week, CFP Erica Cummings will join the conversation with the four most common financial mistakes that people make. We'll talk about that next Friday. In the meantime, you have a fantastic weekend. If you're going to go out Black Friday shopping, grab those deals, but make sure you adhere to that budget. Set the budget before you go. Enjoy your time. Have a great weekend and we raise a glass and we say cheers to being financially confident women.
1: If you have a personal finance question or feedback about the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to Sandy at sandy at rochesterbuzz.com. New episode every Friday. Listen, subscribe and tell a friend about the seven figures podcast. Smart money strategies for women.